you ever think of a time when, when you said, wow, that was amazing. That was absolutely incredible. And there's certain things that I've said even today. I've said, wow, that is absolutely incredible. I don't know if you can see it in the back, but my wife bought me. I'm going to show you. You ready? My wife bought me socks with her face on it. And for some reason, it says the best husband, but then it has her face on it. And so I'm not sure what that means. I went in a genuine, wow, that is amazing. I've never seen anything like this before. And maybe you've seen a video on YouTube, and you've seen this incredible, tremendous feat take place, and you've gone, wow, and you gather your friends together, and you've gone and refreshed and refreshed and watched it again and again. But you know what's interesting? After a period of time of seeing something, you go, wow, we naturally begin to go, yeah, I've seen that before. You ever done that with a video? Actually, my wife did that to me this morning. Have you seen this video? It's really cute. Yeah, I've seen it. And after a period of time, you see something that you know, initially you say, wow, that is amazing. You have to come see this too. And you get, we get used to it, and then we go, yeah, I've seen it before. And there's certain things where it's okay. You know, there's always going to be another YouTube video out with some silly person doing something tremendous and crazy that we can watch. But there's other things that I never, ever want to stop saying wow about. And one of the real things that I never want to stop saying wow about, particularly in the Christmas season, is the fact that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Creator of the universe, came from heaven to earth. He was born of a virgin. He lived a perfect life. He grew up. He gathered disciples around him, performed miracles. He ultimately died on a cross to take away the sins of the world that includes you and me. And I never, ever want to stop saying, wow, that is amazing. In a moment, we're going to pray. And as we pray, I'm going to ask God to bless his word as we open up his word. But also, I'm going to pray and ask God to speak to you today, that I pray that today's a day that maybe you've kind of got used to saying, yeah, Jesus came to earth, and we've kind of missed that wow. And we're going to look at different points this morning about what Jesus Christ, when he came to earth, what he did for us, and what he's given to us. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for the season that we get to come together and celebrate your coming to earth, your birth. Lord, we want to thank you that you... God, you sent Jesus to earth so that he can live a perfect life and die on a cross and rise from the dead and and ultimately have the gift of eternal life, the gift of salvation for all mankind. Lord, I pray for each and every person here today, including myself, that as we open up your word that we will be refreshed and be renewed and we'll leave as people that are closer to you and encouraged by what the incredible gift that you've given to us. And in Jesus' name, amen. Every single person here today can say, wow, this Christmas by really by finding Christmas, by finding the reason of Christmas, finding Jesus Christ. From the very beginning of time, you look in your Bible, in the very first chapters of the Bible, it was prophesied that there was going to be a Savior coming. As you read through the Old Testament prophecies, thousands of years before Jesus' birth, They were prophesying 
the, the location of Jesus' birth. They were prophesying that a, a virgin was going to conceive and have a, a child. They were prophesying how Jesus was going to live and ultimately how he was going to die as the Savior of the world. All of this was planned out. I always find it incredible when you receive a gift that's been well planned out, much like my incredible socks. I mean, she didn't give them yesterday. She planned ahead. And, you, and I always appreciate a gift that's well planned, that's been thought through, that, that took a lot of effort and besides not just the expense, but somebody actually thought of me. And that's where I fall down as a, as a gift giver. But my wife is really good at it. As we think about the incredible gift of God, let's begin looking in the Bible what he did for us. Every single time we have a message here at Southwest Baptist Church, we have a principle. And the principle helps you understand why and what we're talking about. And the principle for today is this. It's a very simple one. Jesus has a Christmas gift for me. And I want you to say that for yourself. Jesus has a Christmas gift for, and you say your name, for me. And we're going to be looking at five different points this morning. And through Jesus, what have we, have we found? And the five points are we have found love, we found hope, we found peace and joy. And ultimately, through Jesus, we have found life, not just for now, but for eternity. So let's begin looking this morning at what we have found through Jesus. If you have your bulletins, you can follow along with the notes in there also. It says there, first of all, through Jesus, I have found love. This Christmas season, it's a very common time to find love and to find and be loving and to show uh, that you love one another. In fact, it's very appropriate after you open a gift to say, I love you, even when you open up socks. And you look at them and you go, I love you. And they say, I love you back. And it's a nice feeling. In fact, if any time of the year, this is the time of year when you begin to express love. Love really does, though, it costs you something. Real love costs you something. Jesus' love cost him something. It cost God something. The most famous verse in the Bible is John chapter 3, verse 16 which says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. At the beginning of that, it says, He loved, and therefore, it says, He gave. Because God loves you, because God has a purpose for you, because God didn't create you by mistake, he has given us his Son. It has cost him something. Jesus, in his own teaching, taught the fact that love will cost you something. In John chapter number 15 and verse 13, Jesus says this, teaching his disciples, but he's also teaching you and me. Greater love has no one than this, than someone lays down his life for his friends. Greater love has no one than this, than someone who lays his life down for his friends. That's exactly what Jesus Christ has done for us. When he came to earth, and lived his perfect life. He did it so that we can have life, or love, the love of God. Parents, we begin to understand this. And be honest with you, as a, when I was a child and teenager growing up, I don't think I really fully appreciated sacrificial love. 
and then you have your child, and you have your, particularly your firstborn, because it hits you. And you get this sick feeling in your stomach when you find out that you're expecting your first child, and then it turns into joy a few minutes later. But the first feeling I had was, uh-oh, <laughs> what am I going to do? And then you begin to you hold your child, and you look at them, and you think of the sense of responsibility and also the sense of love that you have for them. And as they grow older, the love just grows more, doesn't it? As they become smart-mouthed little teenagers and tell you that you have wrinkles, they look at your face and they go, you're looking old. And you go, yes, I love you. Just remind yourself, I love you. <laughs> I love them. Love, though, it costs you something. And love certainly cost God something when he sent Jesus to earth. He sent his only son to come to earth so that you and I can have the love of God. But not just have we found the love of God. We've also found hope. And in Jesus, we find hope. Real hope has to be based on something more than just crossing your fingers and hoping something will happen. The, the biblical definition of hope is, is an expe expectation based upon the promises of God. So a biblical expectation is we go straight back to the Bible, the Word of God, and what does the Word of God teach us about what can we hope for in the future? What kind of life can we enjoy because Jesus Christ came to earth? In John chapter, 15, John chapter 5, there's an account of Jesus walking with his disciples into Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem, there was a pool called the Pool of Bethesda. And the Pool of Bethesda had some medicinal properties in it, and people would go in there and bathe and clean. But around the pool, there was a group of beggars. And people who were begging, many of them had physical ailments. There was one particular man who had, who had been unable to, to walk for 38 years, the Bible says. And Jesus was walking along, and he comes to this man, and he asked him about his hope. What are you really wanting? What, what are you desiring? And in John chapter 5, verses 6, and we'll also read verses 8 and 9, it says, when Jesus saw him lying there, he knew... He, that he had already been there a long time. And he said to him, do you want to be healed? A little side note. The, one of the most easy questions are, do you have hope? Are you hoping for something? Everyone's hoping for something. You are hoping, those of you who haven't opened your presence yet, are hoping that inside of that box is that thing you've always wanted. There's always that hope. Jesus is asking this man who is unable to walk. He's sitting there, and he goes, do you want to be healed? What are you hoping for? And goes on in verse number 8, Jesus said to him, take up your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. And the passage goes on and says he went on praising God. The incredible thing here is Jesus has the solution for our hope. It's not just hoping and crossing your fingers. Like, I hope that I, when I leave this earth that I'll have eternity in heaven. I hope that God will protect me. I hope that he'll provide for me. I hope that he will do this. I hope he'll give me the love and the hope and the peace and the joy and the life. I'm just hoping for it. Well, it goes back to where do we find that hope? And this is the joy of Christmas, is that at this season, we remember Jesus as a young child. 
But thank God, and as, we, as all parents say, thank God the child grew up. Thank God that Jesus grew up. We see through, we have found, through Jesus we have found love, we found hope, we've also, we find peace. And through Jesus, I have found peace in my life. Things are not always easy. The things that go up and things that go down, things are often difficult. But through Jesus, I found peace. And I hope that you found peace also. And if not, this is a great place to start on Christmas morning. The peace that we're talking about, though, isn't just leave me alone, give me some peace and quiet. The peace we're talking about is the, the peace that can only come through a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. The Bible says in John chapter number 14, to put you into context with this passage, it's nearing the end of Jesus' time on, on earth, before, right before he went to the cross. And he's talking with his disciples, and he's telling his disciples, I'm going to leave you. And be, as he's telling them, I'm going to leave you, he's giving them comfort and giving them peace. And in John chapter 14, verses 1, and also in verse number 27, it says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Now, I don't know about you, but one of the most unhelpful things to be told when you're stressed out is, don't worry. That doesn't really help the situation, does it? And, and maybe, maybe you're guilty of that. Just stop worrying. That's the solution for worry. Just stop it. It doesn't really work. You need some substance behind that. And the same thing with peace. Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. Then he gives the source. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And go down to verse number 27. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you. In other words, I'm not giving you the same sort of peace that anyone, just anyone can give you. I'm going to give you some special peace this and particularly, let's think about this, this Christmas season. What are you hoping for? Are you hoping for some peace this Christmas? Well, where do we find it? We find it in Jesus Christ. And he goes on and says, Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. This is the peace that God gives us, not just for today, it's for tomorrow, and ultimately for eternity, the peace that he gives you. Some of you may be very much looking forward to the end of 2018. And you can't wait for 2018 to be done because I know it's just a date in the calendar, but January 1st comes along and there's new freshness and you can start all over again, forget the things of the past and start fresh again. And this, you can begin the beginning of the season of peace. Why don't you start that today? By going back to the source of peace. It's not just Jesus saying, don't worry, it's going to be okay. He says, it's going to be all right. You can trust me. And if we go back and begin looking at who Jesus is, he, if anybody, has the source of peace. Not only is he the creator of the universe, he's also the sustainer of the universe. And the Bible says that when we know him as Savior, that God holds us secure in his hands. In other words, he's saying, no one's going to take you out of my hands. You can rest assured and be, have peace because I'm holding on to you. That's the sort of peace that I want. I want the sort of peace that only God can give. 
He's the one that holds on. I'm, I, mean, I think I'm pretty strong, and, although apparently I have wrinkles. I think I'm pretty strong, but I'm not strong enough to hold on to someone. I'm not hold, strong enough to hold on to my own eternity, but God is. And that's the peace that we find through Jesus Christ. So we have, through Jesus, we, found, we find love, we find hope, we find peace, and it goes on, and it says we can find joy in this life. Don't you love a good underdog story? When the underdog comes up at the very last minute, pre- pretty much the, the, the plot of every single sports movie ever created or ever put on, t- on a movie is that you have the team, they go through, they're all disheveled, they're not really working out very well, and the next thing you know is that they're all fighting and infighting, and then somehow, in the last couple of minutes, they have a rah-rah speech by the coach, they all say, yes, we can do it, and they pull it all together, and they have an incredible victory at the end. You know what, a little side note, this is not in my notes at all, but I would love to see a sports movie when they go through and reality comes in, when they don't do the practicing properly, they're in fighting, and they lose. And the lesson is, you should practice more. <laughs> you should get along well. But uh, you love, we love a good underdog story. When the little guy comes up and beats the big guy. In our world around us, there's a lot of joy killers. There are many things around us that are going to steal your joy and take it away. There are many things even today that could possibly take away the joy of the season. And it could be some absolutely silly things. And in hindsight, you look back and go, that was such a silly thing. Why did I get so worried about it? But through the Word of God, and through particularly Jesus Christ, we can find true joy. In Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, it's the account I read earlier when the angels came to the shepherds and they tell them about some great news. It says, the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. For unto you was born this day in the city of David, and here's the real key. It wasn't just that a child was born. The joy was in the fact that a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, that is God with us. In the first chapter of the book of Matthew, verse number 23, Jesus is described and called Emmanuel, which quite literally means God with us. The source of joy for your life and my life is not stuff. As much as I like my socks. And you can look at them close up later. They're pretty cool. The source of joy is not stuff. For a few brief fleeting moments, the source of joy will be food. And then you have indigestion. The real true lasting joy you'll find is the fact that God is with us. And this Christmas season, that's when you can discover that wonderful joy. Through Jesus, we found love. We found hope. We found peace. We can find joy that is not circumstantial. It's based upon a person, Jesus Christ. We can also find life. John chapter 10, verse number 10, Jesus describes himself this way. I have come that they may have life 
And not just have any life, have life abundantly. I, that's the sort of life that I want. I don't want a mediocre life, do you? I don't think so. I don't think any of you get up in the morning and go, boy, I'm really looking forward to a half-hearted effort in life. No, we want a life and we want an abundant life. This is not talking about a get-rich-quick scheme. This is talking about a life that truly has love and hope and peace and joy. And it's found in our Creator. We find it this Christmas season through Jesus Christ. My wife, I've talked a lot about her today. That's right. She's on my mind and on my feet. Um, It's the... My wife is very, very kind, and she's the one that thinks ahead. She plans things. I, on the other hand, I have to be told explicitly what to purchase her. Now, this is a spoiler for Tammy, okay? She told me what to buy. She told me where to buy it on sale. And then she said, go. (laughs) And I, a good husband went to the shop. I walked in the shop. The first salesperson I saw, I said, this is what I need. And she goes, okay. I said, thank you very much. She gift wrapped it for me, but I shouldn't tell you because I I, I should take credit. And then I paid for it. I left. I put it under the tree and I went, job done. It's great when you're told exactly what you're supposed to do. It takes all the hint out of it. And you know what's going to happen? When Tammy opens the gift, she'll look at me and she'll say thank you, but she also she'll say, "Good, he listened." <laughs> That's what. And you know what's incredible? Let's spiritualize that somehow. Let's spiritualize that. If Jesus Christ came to give us life and to give us abundant life, He didn't just come along and say, "I'm going to give you life. Now go try to find it." You know, I've hidden it somewhere here on earth. You go and try to find this abundant life. God didn't do that at all. When he sent Jesus, he made it explicitly clear in his word exactly how we find this wonderful gift of life called Jesus Christ and how we can have the love and the hope and the peace and the joy that only he can give us this Christmas season. The Bible says in Romans chapter number 10, verse number 9, There's a number of verses throughout the New Testament that talk about how we come to know Jesus Christ as our Savior. But Romans chapter 10, verse 9, makes it explicitly clear. He simply says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, is a definite statement. You will be saved. That's how we discover the life. When you understand who we are, we recognize the fact that I, I, I'll use myself as the example, but you can think of yourself. I'm not strong enough. I think I'm pretty smart, but I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. You know, there's nowhere in the Bible where we see scales where our good outweighs our bad. That's found nowhere in the Bible at all. What we do find is the fact that because we've done wrong, because we've sinned, it separated us from God, and God had to take the initiative He had to do something, and he took the initiative by sending Jesus Christ to come to earth, to be born of a virgin, to live a perfect life, 
to grow up as a man, perform miracles, had gathered crowds around him, but ultimately to die on a cruel cross so that you and I can enjoy the love and the life that only God can give. And it's found through Jesus Christ. The Bible verse there says, if you confess with your mouth. In other words, you admit that you acknowledge the fact that who Jesus Christ is. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He's the Savior of the world. He died on the cross. It's basically saying, I'm acknowledging, Jesus, you are who you say you are. That's the greatest gift. Just like my wife tells me exactly where to go, exactly where to find it on sale, God has said, I am going to show you exactly how and where to find my wonderful gift of salvation that you can find this Christmas. It's the most wonderful gift you can receive because it keeps on giving again and again and again. And I never, ever want to stop saying wow about the wonderful gift of Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here today and you're yet to place your trust upon Christ as your Savior. You can do that where you are today. You, you can, in your own mind, in your own head, it doesn't have to be something big and, and embarrassing in public. Acknowledge the fact that Jesus Christ, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe that you came and lived a perfect life, that you died on the cross for my sins, that you rose again, and that I want that gift. And in whatever words you say, there's no abracadabra, magical Christian words you have to say. It's simply, as it says there, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Sorry, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. And that's the beginning part. That's the, the very beginning of our eternal relationship with God. So to go over the points again. Through Jesus, we found love and hope and peace and joy and ultimately life. And our gift that he's given to us is Jesus has a gift for you. He has a gift for me this Christmas season. And the only question I have to finish with this morning, and then we'll close in prayer and we'll sing a final song. And afterwards, we have a whole bunch of food to enjoy and some coffee and tea. You don't have to rush off if you don't wish is the only question I have for you is this. Have you found your gift? It's there wrapped, waiting for you to open by simply accepting the wonderful gift of Jesus Christ this Christmas season. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for your love. I thank you for the, the joy and the peace and the hope that you give to us. And ultimately, the life that we can enjoy, not just for now, but for all eternity in heaven with you. Lord, I pray that every single one of us today as we're here will not just go through the motions of Christmas again, but Lord, we'll say, wow, thank you for your gift. Thank you for the love. Thank you for what you've done for us. And we'll be able to share that with others, Lord. I pray that today will be a wonderful Christmas season. And in Jesus' name, amen.